This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train, and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. It's just me here this week, and as we're getting into our Prophecy Month on broadcast, I wanted to share with you a story about the power of prophecy to get a church unstuck. Before I get into it, there's a couple of things that I'd love to share with you. The first is that this coming Thursday, on March the 16th, we will be joined by Andy Martin for a broadcast about how to hear God in your church plant. Andy will be speaking on the topic for about half an hour and then there'll be another half an hour to grill him with any questions that you have. It will start at 7.30pm UK time and we would love it if you could join us on that broadcast. You can access it at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash hearing God. That's all one word, hearing God. Also, if you want to get access to the full notes on everything that I'm talking about in this episode, you can find them at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 65. So the story that I want to tell today is from about three years ago, and it was in one of our churches in Manchester called CCM Gorton. This church is on the east side of the city, and it was the original CCM church from which the others have been planted. The church started back in 2007 and it was meeting in Hyde, which was one of a number of towns on the east side of Greater Manchester. And people were drawn into this church from all over East Manchester and the church was doing okay. Then in 2009 and 2010, two things happened. One of them was very deliberate, the other one less so, but the effects of these things would fundamentally change the trajectory of this church. So the first of these things, the deliberate one, was that church planting became front and central on the radar. Now, church planting had always been a value. With Colin Barron leading the church, how could it not be? But it was 2009 when the church first stepped out to plant another site. Colin had realised that to impact the communities of East Manchester and Greater Manchester as a whole, there was a need for missionaries. And so he dreamed of having a church planted that could work with the many tens of thousands of students in the city and could help them to find Jesus, that could disciple them, that could train and equip them and unleash them to reach the communities of Manchester and beyond. To do this, CCM brought Tim Simmons onto the team and committed resources, so both people and finances, to starting new churches. For the original church meeting in Hyde, this was a big sea change. Whereas before there had been a focus on one church having an impact on the whole east side of the city, now a new strategy had been birthed that was at the same time much bigger and much smaller. It was bigger because now instead of just looking to East Manchester, there was a vision to reach the whole of the city, pioneering new churches and sites into every community. But it was also smaller, because now by planting into the different communities, it allowed each church and each site to very intentionally focus on trying to reach their own particular geographic location. That original site no longer needed to see itself as a base for the whole of East Manchester, but it could have a much more localised focus. So that was the first thing that happened. Church planting became front and central on the radar. The second thing that changed the trajectory of the church was one that was outside of our control. We lost the venue that we were meeting in, in Hyde. 
So after a few weeks of trying out new venues, the one we found was in a community a bit further into Manchester itself, a place called Gorton, which is the place where we meet now. And Gorton consistently shows up in the statistics as one of the most deprived communities in the UK. It was actually a community that quite a few of the people in the church called home, and there was an opportunity to make a real difference here. So these shifts were very important ones for us to make, and history has proved them both to be beneficial. However, in the short term, these changes took quite a toll on the church. Over the period of a couple of years, quite a few people left the church. These were good-hearted people, but they either had a heart for being part of a church community in their own locality rather than in Gorton, which is a very good desire to have, or they didn't quite get the multiplying church planted idea, and they wanted to be part of the kind of regional-based church that it had originally looked like we might become. Along with these people leaving, the new venue that we were meeting in was less than ideal. A lot of good people had become weary. We hadn't seen many new faces there for a long time, and it all started to feel like a bit of a slog. In short, we were stuck. At this point in time, there was a team of four of us that were leading this church. And as we were praying in one of our leaders' meetings, one member of the team, a guy called Stu, saw in his mind's eye a picture of a bus. He felt that God was saying that on the front of a bus, there's a destination displayed. And it's by looking at the destination and seeing that the bus is heading somewhere that they want to go that causes a person to get onto the bus. Well, Stu was dead right. Having been absolutely convinced that God wanted us to start new churches and sites and reach all of Manchester, we'd sent people out and we'd embarked on an exciting citywide venture. Yet at the same time, we had much less clarity about what God was asking us to do locally in Gorton. And it was this lack of clarity that was halting our progress. Well, a couple of weeks later, we met again and we were sitting in a pub in the Peak District drinking beer and eating burgers, which are important ingredients of any good elders meeting. And we started batting around what that destination on the front of the bus should be. We each shared a few ideas. We talked about the dreams that we had and the things that we would like to see, but nothing quite stuck. And then the conversation turned as we raised a simple but profound question. What has God said to us? And so we started to think back over the years to the different prophetic words that God had spoken to us as a church. There had been quite a few, but really there were two that stood out that we knew in that moment God wanted to drive home to us. The first of these was a word that God had given to someone in the church called Victoria about 20 years ago. So this was before CCM even existed. And here is Victoria describing that word. Um, It was around 1996 that... um... God seemed to be giving me quite a few pictures um, about Gorton. Um, the main one being um, a building pumping out God's unconditional love 24-7 um, to the people of Gorton in East Manchester, you know, pumping his love into every road, avenue, cul-de-sac. Um, and at the same time, um, he showed me um, kind of like an image of, of Gorton um, that it was like a desert and um, and the pavements were cracked because of the heat and there was just there was just the absence of water and um, there was Gorton folk just like crawling on their hands and knees gasping for um, they were just so dehydrated and everyone was um, just, there was just misery everywhere and um, and everyone was in their own little kind of like bubble of, of kind of like misery of, of trying to cope with the lack of water 
um, then um, it seemed on on Hyde Road, um, and and I remember that where exactly where it was. It was um, on Hyde Road, um, in between the Plough and the Old Bank, and um, the it was like a big, beautiful swimming pool, but kind of kind of one that you would see in a really posh hotel, um, and it was glistening um, with water, with um, you know, with a light on the water, and um, and then one person um, saw the swimming pool and just thought oh that must be a mirage that can't be real but decided to go over and just put their toe into the pool just to see whether it was real and when he realized it was um he he kind of like a uh, uh, kind of like stepped back a little bit and then just ran in and dived into the pool and, and I don't know whether you've, you've ever been really really hot and then dived into a swimming pool and just the sensation that you get your whole body um, is just aware of the water and the coolness and it's an incredible feeling and and I had that experience at that moment um, when I was seeing this picture and uh, and as the, the the person kind of like came up from out of the pool they just started screaming excitedly to all the other people um, who were kind of like on their hands and knees and and um, just feeling almost to the point of death. He was just screaming, come in, come in here, come in here. You know, this is real, there's water, there's life-giving water. If you come in here, you're going to live, you're going to survive. Um, and slowly but surely, people started coming over and having the same kind of like, gosh, is this a mirage? Could this really be true? Dipping their own toes in, realising it was real, and then running in and jumping in. And then all of a sudden there was loads of people laughing and, and helping each other. And that was the thing that I remember, that um, people weren't just focusing on their own um, being saved um, in the pool. The minute that they realised that this was life-giving water and they were going to be okay, they all they wanted to do was get out of the pool and get other people into the pool. And so by the end of the picture, there was just um, so many people in this pool, splashing around, drinking it, um, being completely and utterly hydrated in it and calling, screaming excitedly to other people, um, come in here, you know, you're going to be saved if you come in here. Um, this amazing life-giving water. And um, and I remember God like saying, this is what's going to happen in Gorton. Um, the people of Gorton will be crying out to other people in Gorton. Jesus is, is the way to be saved. He, he is the one that's going to um, um, give us life. The second word was actually much more recent. It was a dream that God had given to a lady called Lynn. And this dream was given probably about three or four years before we were having that conversation over burgers. And here is Lynn describing that dream. I had this dream one night and it was a, um, like this high wall and I thought where's that? Where am I looking? Anyway it was on Garton because uh, on the hydro road in Garton because I could see like the shops behind and when I'm looking wherever I was looking from I could see that this wall was kind of going down the hydro road and these men were smashing away at this wall. I kept thinking, why are they, what are they doing that for? Smashing away at the wall. And I'm looking and looking, and all of a sudden I've seen 
this water just gushing over, actually, and through where they'd been smashing the wall. But, oh, Garton's going to be drowned. We're going to get drowned. We've not got much going for us, but, yeah, great. going to get drowned. But the water was fast, and it crystal clear, really, really clear. And it was going all over. The shops, pubs, you name it, streets, houses. It just was just, was just going all over. And I kept thinking, oh, we're going to be drowned. This is it now. Anyway, I woke up. Goes back to bed, falls back into the sleep. But I'm thinking, oh, I want to know. But you don't always think you go back into the dream, do you? Anyway, went back into the dream, as I thought. And I could still see this water, crystal clear. I remember Viv saying to me, ask anything like this, any dreams or thoughts, ask. Try and get some more about it. And I did. And these thoughts was coming and, again, it was about Garton. And, and then I got this thought and it was love. It was about the lack of love in Garton, in the community. And it made me happy with that. And I thought, right, it's because it was so clear. Clear, crystal clear water. And it was everywhere. You name it, it was going everywhere. As we started talking about those prophetic words, and we remembered these two in particular, we got pretty excited about them. Because it seemed like God had said the same thing in two different ways. He was talking about his love for Gorton, and in both pictures he'd used this same idea of water flowing through the streets and bringing love and blessing to that community. Both pictures actually referenced the same place, the Hyde Road, and in both there was a season of seemingly getting nowhere, one where the workmen were just bashing away at the wall, and the other one with like the desert and the pavements cracked by the heat and all the misery of the people in the place. As we talked about these words, we were quickened and we realised that this was what God was saying to us in that moment. And we realised that the image he'd given us was actually a very biblical one. And that's usually how prophecy works. It's another way of saying the same thing as the Bible's already says, but it draws our attention to a particular biblical theme for the moment. And this idea of water flowing through barren places and bringing life where it goes is one that we see time and again in the Bible. Actually, it starts in Eden. God had made the garden, the beautiful, sacred place of his presence. And yet out from it flowed four rivers that went and watered the whole world. We see it in Ezekiel's vision, starting at the temple, again, the place of God's presence, as just a shallow trickle. And yet the further out it goes, the deeper the river gets, and it brings life to all around it. It says in verse 9 of Ezekiel 47 that wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so everything will live where the river goes. Well, now, in our age, the place of God's presence is in his church, in believers. And Jesus says in John chapter 7 that out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. It's the same thing, isn't it? A place of God's presence and out of it flowing streams of water that bring blessing and life to everything around. 
And then in the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, there it is. In the midst of the new creation, there is the river of the water of life flowing from the very throne of God. So as we saw this, and as we thought on these prophecies and looked in the scriptures, we began to get excited. And we knew what that destination on the front of the bus needed to be. And so because of this, we started to pray differently. And we started to talk differently. And we started to believe differently. And we taught into it. We reminded the church of those prophetic words. We preached on those scriptures. We drew the church into what God was saying and they got it and the weariness started to subside and the joy began to return and we saw a greater sense of unity and togetherness than we had ever seen before and a flow of new people started coming through the doors we saw more visitors in the two months following that night eating burgers and drinking beer in the peak district than we'd seen in the two years before and people stuck and joined the church And people got saved and met Jesus. And we have seen dozens of people healed. God is doing a very precious thing. His water, his river of blessing is flowing in Gorton in East Manchester. And it's bringing life. And it is a beautiful thing. And I'm sharing this today because I know that a lot of churches are stuck. And are desperate to see God move in. And I believe that prophecy has a power to break us out of a rut. As I look back, I'm convinced that for us, the turning point was that night over burgers and beer where we asked that question, what has God said to us? And we remembered and we began to believe it. And so it started to fuel what we did. So as I wrap this up, I just want to encourage you to ask that same question. Get your team together, get some unhurried time with some good food and just ask that question, what has God said to you? and start to dream about what he wants to do in your church. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. And just a reminder that the full notes on everything that was discussed can be found at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 65. And if you'd like to learn more about hearing God's voice in a church plant, then please do join us on Thursday, March 18th at 7.30pm UK time for our broadcast with Andy Martin. You can find out more about this at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash hearing God. See you next time.